two more months left until 2-2, and there's a lot yet to happen before 2-1 grows a long white beard. November 1st is the 305th day of the year, which means there are only 60 days left until we begin the yearly dance all over again. Until then, there shall be many more editions of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a program that seeks to plot out as many of the moves as possible. I'm Sean Tubbs. On today's program, development updates from Albemarle's Pantops Community Advisory Committee, including an update on transit expansion. Home sales were down slightly in the third quarter of 2021, according to the Charlottesville Area Association of Realtors. Statistics on early voting in the Charlottesville area and the 5th and Avon CAC gets an update on Albemarle's future Biscuit Run Park. It's time for the first of two Patreon-fueled shoutouts. Do you suffer from classical music insecurity complex? That is, you like classical music you hear, but you feel intimidated by all these stuffy etiquette and specialized knowledge. Well, suffer no more. WTJU is hosting Classical Listening Parties, a series of four free casual events on Tuesdays in November. These four events are led by Chelsea Holt, pianist, teacher, and one of WTJU's newest and youngest classical announcers. Chelsea will guide you through all the eras of classical music, beginning Tuesday, November 9th at 7 p.m., with early and Baroque music. For a list of the other events, visit WTJU.net to learn more and sign up. Election Day is tomorrow, and the time for early voting is now over. While the results aren't in yet, there are some significant numbers to review. In Charlottesville, 6,241 ballots have been recorded in early voting. That's according to data made available by the Virginia Public Access Project. In Charlottesville, there are 33,549 registered voters. In the rest of the area, Albemarle has had 18,545 early votes recorded. That's from 81,738 registered voters. In Louisa, there are 5,170 early votes recorded among 28,177 registered voters. In Fluvanna County, the early votes are 5,790 and there are 20,282 registered voters. And in Greene County, there have been 3,442 early votes recorded, and there are 14,394 registered voters. Check out the Virginia Public Access Project for a comparison of how that compares with early voting in 2017. Home sales were down slightly in the region in the third quarter of 2021, but sales prices continued to increase, with a medium increase of 12%. That's according to a report out this morning from the Charlottesville Area Association of Realtors, which covers Albemarle, Charlottesville, as well as Fluvanna, Green, Louisa, and Nelson counties. There were 1,393 homes sold between July 1st and September 30th, a 4% decrease from the same period in 2020. The median sales price was $365,000. That's $38,000 more than in 2020. The report notes that inventory is limited. There were 643 active listings across the car footprint at the end of the third quarter, 30% fewer listings than this time last year. 
When looked at by jurisdiction, transactions in Charlottesville were up 28% with 187 residential transactions. Albemarle saw the sale of 588 homes, or a 3% increase. Sales in Louisa were down 18%, and sales in Nelson were down 28%. I'll have an anecdotal summary of Charlottesville's transactions coming up in a future edition for paid subscribers to this newsletter. You can check out September's and everything else from this year in a link in the newsletter. The Charlottesville Fire Department will begin to use drone aircraft in their responses to public safety calls. In a release today, the department announced that several of its employees have completed a three-day drone pilot certificate program at the Piedmont Virginia Community College. Here's an item from that announcement. As a 21st century all-hazards department, CFD is now prepared to implement unmanned aerial vehicles to support building inspections, firefighting operations, swift water rescue, response to trails, and other emergencies. The next step will be to update procedures to incorporate the drones into operational policies. The department will be using DJI Mavic 2 drones, which include thermal imaging cameras. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time now for a second Patreon-fueled shout-out. The Charlottesville Area Tree Stewards continues to offer classes and events this fall and winter to increase your awareness of our wooden neighbors and to prepare for the future. This week, there is a three-part class on winter-invasive plant identification and treatment. The first of the session begins tomorrow virtually with a lesson on identification. A field session will be held at Azalea Park this Saturday. You can learn more at charlottesvilleareatreestewards.org. For the rest of today's newsletter, development updates from Albemarle County. We start first with the October 25th meeting of the Pantops Community Advisory Committee. Supervisor B. Lepisto-Kirtley had the task of providing the new information, such as the next tenant for the former Malloy building on the north side of US 250. Uh, the old Malloy Ford site, uh, that is being renovated, and there are permits for signs for Flow Automotive Flow Volkswagen. Plans for a new hotel to be built in the parking lot of the Rivanna Ridge Shopping Center have been through two sets of review. There is an associated special use permit to remove a previous condition for a landscape buffer where the hotel is planned for. An additional community meeting will be held on this project in the near future. Discover Transit Month may be over, but the input period for Albemarle County's transit expansion study is still underway. Boris Palchik is with Foursquare ITP, one of the companies hired to conduct the work. The expansion study is meant to identify short-range opportunities to expand transit service in key population employment centers in the county. These are the US-29 North Corridor, Pantops, and Monticello. The study comes at a time when Charlottesville Area Transit is also reviewing its opportunities in the US-29 North area. 
While there are a lot of different ways to provide transit service and to improve transit service, each of those ways that we're considering has its own ideal operating environment. Um, and when we look at um, fixed route transit service, which is what CAT operates today, fixed route transit service really is dependent on density, having appropriate densities to support that, that fixed route transit service. Another key factor is a functional sidewalk system that allows people to get to and from stops safely. Palchik said initial work in the study has reviewed existing land use patterns. Fixed route service is recommended when there is a density of five people or five jobs per acre. Currently, the north side of US 250 on Pantops falls short of that threshold, but that could change in the future. The preliminary study takes a look at either additional fixed route service in this area or on demand. Let's begin with fixed route service. This additional route, additional fixed route, would serve the growing residential population up there as well as some of the key destinations like the Social Security office. Charlottesville Area Transit has prepared route changes which would eliminate Route 10 service on Stony Point Road. However, there is no date set for when those changes would be made. The preliminary study does not say who would run the expanded service on Pantops, but it would require at least one additional vehicle. As I said, the other recommendation is study of a demand response service. Demand response service is buses that can come to, to a passenger um, wherever they are, sort of a point-to-point -point service. They can take them from their home to their destination and, and vice versa. This can also be provided by the private sector, but microtransit technology is seeking to extend that convenience inside of public transportation. The main difference between Uber and Lyft and what we call microtransit in the, in the transit industry is that microtransit has a dedicated fleet of vehicles. So you have purpose-built uh, vehicles that are designed for transit service, designed for shared rides. Fares on microtransit would be regulated and more predictable than the cost of private sector rides. The study recommends that two vehicles would be operating at any one time. A survey to get additional input into the study is open through November 18th. There's an English version and a Spanish version, and both are available in a link in the newsletter. Let's go back in time for a bit further back to the October 21st, 2021 meeting of the 5th and Avon Community Advisory Committee. They got an update on planning for the county's Biscuit Run Park from Albemarle Planners. The county has a long-term ground lease with the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation to operate and build what had been expected to be a state park. Tim Padolino is the county's parks planner. In 2018, the, the final park master plan was um, reviewed by the Board of Supervisors at a public hearing and adopted uh, with DCR's endorsement or blessing. Currently, the park is not open to the general public. Padolino said that's because the county does not have the staff to do the necessary maintenance. And in terms of public safety, there's no signage and there are no maps in a large, relatively wild and undeveloped landscape. Um, and there's incomplete cell phone coverage. The land is mostly undeveloped, which means it is serving as a piece of green infrastructure, almost entirely covered by forest. And that's effectively a carbon sink that's purifying the air and sequestering carbon dioxide in ways that support the county's climate action plan. Work to open the first phase is underway. That includes an entrance into a parking area off of Route 20, about 500 feet south of the southern end of Avon Street Extended. There will be a parking area and bathrooms. 
And it's one of the county's top strategic plan goals as identified by the Board of Supervisors. And that's apparent in that this is a fully funded project through the county's capital improvements program. Um, the budget is about $2.1 million. Patalino said if all approvals are granted, construction of this could be completed by the end of next summer. Planning for trails is also underway. There are currently about 9 to 10 miles of existing trails. Tucker Rollins is the county's trail maintenance supervisor. What we're hoping to create is a trail system that will make lots of different users happy. Um, you know, we're expecting lots of hikers, trail runners, mountain bikers, uh, bird watchers, uh, native plant folks. Um, so we're trying to create something that will allow all these different types of people to get in there and spread out and be happy. Rollins said the park's 1,200 acres can accommodate about 35 miles of trails while leaving lots of space to be left untouched. Park staff has been working with the Charlottesville Area Mountain Bike Club on a multi-use loop that would be opened around the same time the parking lot opens. Planning is also underway for dedicated mountain bike trails, one of which will be funded by Cambic. Watch the whole 5th and Avon Committee meeting to review the whole presentation. And we'll have more information about the future of the park in future episodes of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But that's it for this installment of the program. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and really quickly, I just want to say thank you to all of the people who are supporting through Patreon or through Substack. This is a free service, meaning you never have to pay if you don't want to, but to ensure that this program will continue to exist well into the future, as many people as possible uh, should hopefully pay something, which would be great. One way you can do that, and the way that I want to highlight today, is through Substack. At $5 a month, or $50 a year, or $200 a year, that amount will be matched by Ting. Ting, of course, is an internet provider. They've got lots of things going on here, and one thing they want to do is support this version of independent local journalism. So Ting is matching anything that comes through Substack. So thank you to every single person who has been incentivized to pay, knowing that uh, doing so through Substack will contribute twice. As I said, it is almost the end of 2021. We've got two months left in 2022 and lots of episodes of Charlottesville Community Engagement to go. This is the end of this one. The beginning of the next one starts as soon as I hit send on this one. Seriously, thank you to everybody who is helping me to realize what I've always wanted to do, which is to produce a program that is exactly like this one. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions, please drop me a line. And the best thing you can do is to send it on to as many people who might be interested in learning what's happening in this community. I'm Sean Tubbs. Thanks again. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe.